This is the Chippewa Valley Sports Watch presented by Toys and Ford. Hello everyone, I'm Scott Montesano and I'm so excited to have you join us on a program that highlights the local sports in and around our wonderful region from youth to scholastic and collegiate. We cover it all by introducing you to the many athletes and coaches themselves. Coming up this week, we'll chat with a dynasty program in this area that you may have overlooked. The Chippewa Falls equestrian team, Coach Angie Southworth and rider Natalie Schuler, join us. Before we get to that, we begin, as always, by rounding the bases locally. Ah, we very much are into the winter sports season. Forget what may be the official start of winter or anything like that. The, the snow on the ground this week letting us know. We are into the winter sports season. High school basketball practices are underway. High school hockey practices. We know about the Blue Golds. And their winter sports seasons are underway. And I know an awful lot of you are giddy about uh, deer hunting this weekend. Now, I'm not, I'm not a hunter at all. No, no interest at all, but I'm, I'm not somebody that is anti-hunting. I have, no, I have no problem if you want to go out there into the middle of the woods, climb up onto a, a tree and sit there by yourself for a few hours. I know some of you, don't some of you end up sprinkling like deer urine on your boots to try to draw them in? Whatever it is, if, if that's what you want to do, go right ahead. And actually, the, the little I know about hunting, and I know a lot about a lot of things, but hunting's not one of them. If that snow, dusting of snow, remains over the next several days, it'll make for uh, an easier hunt uh, for some of you. So, obviously, it's the deer hunting opener this weekend. And that is always a sign that we have reached the state finals in high school football. And lo and behold, our area does have a couple of representatives in the high school state finals for football. And, and, and I wouldn't say a surprise at all for either one of these teams, Regis and Mondovi, both advancing to the state finals and both very easily could bring back championship trophies at the end of this week. And again, I'm not surprised at all. I don't know much about the opponents that they are facing in the state finals, but clearly they were the two best small school programs in this area. Uh, there was no question about it in what I saw in Regis and Mondovi. Regis was unchallenged this year after a little scare in the first half in week one. Other than that, they have cruised in every single game. They have been stomping teams as though they're a boot going on top of a graham cracker. And that included them barrel-rolling Mondovi back in September. And then you look at Mondovi, and they've won a couple of tight playoff games, and in this area, they were dominant. The only team to give them a problem was Regis. And I was at that game, called that game, Regis at Mondovi, and that game was over with five minutes in, which shows you how strong Regis is. But again, Regis and Mondovi both in the state finals. In Mondovi, if I saw this correctly, is that the first time that school has been in the state finals since 1990? You got to go back to the era of the uh, the the penny type jerseys 
the jerseys that had all the holes in them that you used to wear in the, the 80s and into the early 90s. They were supposed to be breathable jerseys, it was the, the Swiss cheese jerseys. you got to go back to that era to find the last time Mondovi made it all the way to the state finals. And that is a solid football school with an outstanding supporting base in Mondovi. If you've never had a chance to go down to Mondovi to watch a home game on a Friday night, uh, you're missing out. Uh, that is a that is a community that shuts down for a home football game, and <laughs> and you got to assume later this week it'll be a case of last one out, turn off the lights, because that that community is going to be all in on that state finals game. As for Regis, they have a chance to culminate a season that has felt as though it would end with a title since August. You're at a point right now where where you lose, it's not a failure. If you lose, it's not a failure. And that, that, that's the same with Regis, too. If they were to lose in the finals, it's not a failure. Missed opportunity, but it's not a failure. But let's also look at it realistically. It'll feel like a failure. It won't be a failure, but it'll feel like one just because of the domination that they've had. So keep that in mind. It'll feel like a failure, but it would not be a failure if they were to... Uh, if they were to lose in the state finals. Now we'll see if Regis, you know, the, the thing that has kind of eluded Regis over this last decade where they have been giants in local football, this, la- this latest run for Regis football locally, the thing that's, that's kind of eluded them is some, some, you know, a, a number of state titles. And we'll see if they can pull it off uh, later this week down at Camp Randall Stadium. In Madison. Well, we, we know about high school football. And with that, we're, you're done with the fall season. You're moving into the, the winter sports season. And we'll talk high school basketball and, 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 and hockey and all of that coming up in the coming weeks. Uh, you know, we got girls basketball starting, I think, next week. And then boys basketball the week after that. Of course, at UW-Eau Claire the fall sports season has come to an end. You're now into the winter sports season. And, and first, the good for Blue Gold Athletics, because there's an awful lot of good for Blue Gold Athletics. In fact, it's, it's almost all good. Volleyball, yeah, they lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament, but when you reach, when you reach the NCAAs, it's never a failure. You know, the volleyball season, kind of similar to women's hockey last spring, you know, they, they, they hit a skid at the worst time. At the end of the regular season, they still got into the tournament, lost in the first round. So no doubt you, 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 they ended the season with a, a number of losses and struggling, so it felt a little sour, probably tasted a little sour for them, but still got back into the NCAA tournament, playing in a conference, the WIAC, which was very top-heavy this season so congratulations to kim woody's squad yeah they will not def- they will not be back-to-back champions but they got back into the ncaa tournament and that is a huge huge accomplishment and then you've got men's soccer which in only their second season reaches the ncaa tournament and you think about it, i think what were they 19 and 2 with their win in the first round they got into the tournament as a second-year program, so people are already poo-pooing you, second-year program, 
You have to build a complete schedule without being in a conference. And then you have to be so dominant, people cannot ignore you. And that's what Blue Gold Men's Soccer was. They have no conference. There is no WIAC Men's Soccer League. So this isn't like they went 500 and they stole a bid by winning the conference title. No, they, they, they... they 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 went nineteen and two. What a what a job Casey Holm has done building that program. And yeah, there's not a lot of men's soccer programs collegially here in the upper Midwest, but there's enough out there. It's not it's not like he's getting he's it's not like he's the only coach showing up to high school games saying, "Do you want to play college soccer?" And and, and you're getting some great talent. And winning out in the recruiting game over some more established programs. Outstanding job he has done. Uh, Men's soccer won their first game, lost their second game in penalty kicks to Gustavus Adolphus. And it was in extra kicks at that. So they went beyond the five kickers. I think it was six or seven rounds that they that they lost. And that's what that's what stinks about soccer. You know, if you're a hockey guy like me in the regular season, you have the shootout. That'll determine games. But that's different. You, you still get the point and, and all of that. Then once you get to the playoffs in hockey, the, the shootout goes by the wayside. In soccer, it's the old adage, this is how it's been done for eons. They'll play 30 extra minutes. But then once they get to that 30 extra minutes, then they go to penalty kicks. They don't even do a shootout. And I can go on a whole thing there. I'd prefer they do a shootout, which is what the old North American Soccer League did and what Major League Soccer did in its earliest days. And the, at least the shootout adds a little bit more athleticism to it. There's people that have argued that maybe soccer, because there is a physical nature to it. You know, guys have been running around for two hours and all that. There's ways I think you can still play the game of soccer without having to go to penalty kicks to determine winner-take-all games. But... You know, the, the Blue Golds lost fair and square to have their season come to an end, but bright things ahead for men's soccer. And, and of course, that then brings us to, you know, to football. You know, you, you, hockey, basketball, we'll have more on those in the coming weeks. And, you know, everything's looking good right now for hockey and basketball. Uh, you know, men's hockey dropped a couple games this weekend. Optimism remains high. You know, women's basketball had an outstanding weekend. Two wins against teams that are likely to finish in the regional rankings, which will be very good for you. You know, men's basketball missed opportunity at St. John's in double overtime, but still you're feeling good about them. And women's hockey, they have an exhibition game against Minnesota State uh, at the same time we're recording this. Uh, today. So lots good there. But obviously, when you're thinking about the last couple of months, no matter what you try to do to avoid it, it, it comes back to football. It comes back to football for the Blue Golds, and they concluded the season over the weekend and finished two and eight. And let's, let's be honest, it was a disappointing two and eight. And it's disappointing, the two and eight, because of the margin of the losses a number of losses that were complete dismantlings. And also, you had expectations within that program that were set higher. The expectations that, that, came, that, that burned from within that program, and you could feel 
the heat of those expectations on the outside. They were there. You know, this was not a team that went into this season thinking it's going to be a rebuilding year. Hey, we're setting up for the future, anything like that. There was no talk of that. And there's been talk of that in previous years. There was a lot more talk of, hey, this is going to be a competitive team this year. This is a team that's going to be right there in the middle of the WIAC. And if they can pluck a couple extra games, who knows how magical it could be. So that's why that 2-8 and eight season is a disappointment. It's not just a disappointment because you went 2-8, and eight, because you could see a pathway to a 2-win or a 3-win season not being uh, a disappointment, depending on how things went and in all, in, in all of that for this team. Now, no one has seen more blue goal football since 2017 than me. I've seen every minute and every play of every game since 2017. And, it, you know, and again, it, this, this last year was not good. And to try to say otherwise would be, like a, would be like a husband trying to tell his wife who just spilled coffee on her wedding dress that it isn't noticeable. So it was not good. The key thing is here, where do you go from here? So where does this program go from here? And a lot of people have asked, Scott, what's it going to take? What's it going to take? All that, you know. Well, first off, this is no different than any other type of business that you run. And if you have a, a, a bad sales month, your sales are down, things are a problem in, in business. It, it's no different. You just went 2-8 and eight this season. Everyone, from the head coach to the student trainers, gets a deep dive evaluation after a season like this. Like any business. Now, that does not mean wholesale staff changes, or even any personnel changes. Doesn't necessarily have to mean that. I know there's people out there that want their pound of flesh. It's easy for people to say that, but that's not necessarily what has to be done. But you do need to have a full deep dive evaluation. Because what happened this year is not you can't have seasons like this continuously. What you need to do when you do this evaluation is you need to identify the strengths of individuals and the weaknesses, and maybe there is some movement within the program. You know, the, hey, this person does this very, very well. Let's, let's, let's highlight their strength, and then, hey, they do this thing strong, this thing they kind of are weak on, but this person is able to do this. You're able to shift things around, not necessarily even full promotions or, or demotions or anything like that, but you're able to... Circle things around a little bit. So you need to do a deep dive evaluation. And even with players, you have to take a look at, hey, who are some pieces we truly can build around? And then what positions are wide open? And do you have position changes, which happen all the time? You know, is this guy, we've had him on defense, but hey, he'd make he'd be a better lineman, offensive lineman, or this guy would be better as a running back or a tight end or or vice versa. This guy was a tight end. We can move him to linebacker. Whatever. You're doing a deep dive evaluation after this. And then the other thing is the team needs to probably find an identity. What will UWEC football be known for? What's it going to be known for? And that's a, that's a pretty open-ended question that's out there. Mike Emmendorfer, that's always a name we bring up. Mike Emmendorfer, who recently retired as the head coach at Platteville, 
you think of Platteville, competitive team, usually towards the top of the WIAC, got in the tournament a couple years, all that. And they were they were they were an, they were an also ran program before Mike Emmendorfer got there, and it took about eight nine years for him to get the program to where they are still to this day. What Mike Emmendorfer did a couple of years into Platteville was what they did was they went to the spread offense, which was quite the novelty twenty years ago. They went to the spread offense. Now, going gimmicky is an option if you're going to try to establish an identity going gimmicky is an option but maybe you go all in on defense maybe you go all in on ground and pound whatever it is you think of what your identity is going to to be what's going to be the calling card the sellable trait for blue goal football that's what i think really has to be identified what's going to be that sellable trait that's going to make players go, I want to go to UW-Eau Claire. And of course, you, want, you need to make sure your facilities are, are, are up to snuff. You've got a beautiful campus. The, the school itself is not a problem. The community, I think, is a, is a calling card for the program. I think the crowds and the atmosphere on game day is not an issue at all. But what, what the actual football, what can the actual football sellable trait be? And I think that's something that when you look back at this year, what they're probably doing as we speak right now is going, all right, what do we have to do? I said this on, on, on a number of the broadcasts during the season. Once you got to the middle of the season, you saw that there, there, were, there were holes here that just were not going to be able to be patched until the season came to an end. Sometimes you just need to get to the end of the season before you can truly fix some things. And now you're at that point. And now you have to take that step back, a lot of self-scouting, and see what it's going to take for this team. Now, UWEC, as I said, is a great school. And the success of the athletics across the board, we just talked about volleyball, men's soccer, the winter sports teams, the, the, the track teams, the cross country, all of them. Look at what wrestling has done. Th- that program was practically mothballed. And now look at what they've done. The success of the athletics across the board shows that being competitive and winning is very achievable for the football team. If football was struggling and 90% of the other sports weren't competitive either, bottom feeders and the WIAC and all of that, then you know a turnaround would be tough, if not darn near impossible outside of maybe a flash in the pan, lightning in a bottle. But no, the athletics across the board are, are successful. You're having no trouble getting athletes to UW-Eau Claire and good athletes to UW-Eau Claire. So that is a big reason why you should all feel optimistic out there. And when it turns, and it's going to turn, it could turn very quickly for this program. It very well could turn very quickly. So that's what you know needs to happen. And you know, a lot of people again want, you know, they 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 want something flashy. They want a pound of flesh. They want something like, like that. And I, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily the answer to everything. And and I don't think that's what's going to happen anyway. 
As I said, though, what you do right now after a season like that is everything gets evaluated. How you practice, what you do for practice, your, 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 your week routine, right down to the student trainers. You know, what are they doing on a day-to-day basis and all of that? Because you, 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 now that the season's over, you take a step back and go, okay, what do we have to do different? What led to some of the issues and what do... what? And also, before we take our break, you have to identify, oddly enough, even in a 2-8 and eight season, what worked so you can augment that. Don't discount what worked either. That's always a key thing when any business is turning around is to ID what's working. There's a lot that isn't working, and you, you're very eager to try to improve on that, but what is working and how can you augment that? Well, one thing that's been working very well up in Chippewa Falls is the equestrian team. Ah, yes, we talk dynasties all the time. A true dynasty hasn't just formed, but it's been going on for years up in Chippewa Falls. We talk Chippewa Falls equestrian coming up next on the Chippewa Valley Sports Watch presented by Toyson Ford. Hi, this is Craig Toyson. And at Toyson Ford, whether it's buying a new vehicle or having your current one repaired, we take customer service very seriously. And a big part of that is making sure that we have the same familiar faces each and every time you visit. We take great pride in the longevity of our staff, and it shows in the kindness and the good care we give each of our customers. But don't take our word for it. Read our reviews online and ask anyone with a Toyson sticker on the back of their car. They'll gladly tell you why you'll find a friend at Toyson Ford. And we continue on with the Chippewa Valley Sports Watch presented by Toyson Ford. And as we've done the last uh, few weeks, again, we're winding down the, the fall sports season. When we think of a lot of the fall sports, we're, we're obviously thinking a lot of you know football and volleyball. But there's other activities that go on. And there's quite the, the dynasty that's been going on for many years in Chippewa Falls. There's the the, the term dynasty, and then there's what's going on with the Chippewa Falls equestrian team. And we've got on the coach and one of the athletes with us here. Angie Southworth is the coach. And uh, coach, thank you very much for joining us. And tell us a little bit about the, uh, the athlete you brought along with you uh, here tonight. Well, I not only used to ride and show horses myself, um, I am a teacher in the Chippewa Falls School District, too. So Natalie is one of my riders. She has been with me since she was in sixth grade, actually, even before that, um, because she had older sisters that were on the team. And so Natalie has rose up through the ranks, and now she's one of our seniors and probably one of our toughest competitors that we have on the team right now. Now, if I have this correct, you guys just won your ninth straight state title. Is that correct? That is correct. Had COVID not happened, maybe it would be 10. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I have to ask when you, when you have this sort of, of dominance, it's one thing to win one year, two years, three years in a row. I'm sure there's other areas that are competitive in the state. So what is, you know, how is it you guys are able to not only get this good, but you're able to maintain this year after year? Um, I would say one of the luckiest things that Chippewa Falls has is we have a diverse coaching staff. So um, I and another coach, Coach Kaz, coach the the pleasure portion of the equestrian, which is 
I like to say, if you know, like dogs, it's like dog obedience, but with horses, (laughs) except you're riding them (laughs) well and leading them around too. There's both. Um, But we have a specialty in that area, but then we also have the games, which is what um, more people probably know of, like the the barrel racing and the pole bending. And we have a coach that specializes in that too. So because we have that diverse coaching, we can bring what we know best to help coach our, our riders. And so they get the best coaches um, and not me trying to coach, you know, a, a part of the sport that I don't know. So I think that's one of the best things. Um, And then we have riders like Natalie, who she puts in an enormous amount of time outside of practice that you can see when she shows up at practices. And when I don't see her, you know, over the summer and she shows up the next fall, you know, she's ready and you know, she's been putting the time in. Natalie, you want to add to that? Uh, yeah, I try and, excuse me, I try and ride all year round. Um, equestrian season, equestrian team season definitely is my biggest season where I do the most vigorous riding, but still over the winter, I can, um, I started in some ski drawing events where you're skiing behind a horse. So I keep my horses in shape and I show in open shows and local and community shows all and for H all through the spring and summer. So horses pretty much are my life and I'm always, I'm always out there with them. I I got a few questions again for for Natalie here in a moment, but Angie, I have to ask you before we we move on uh, with this. You know, where where do the where do the competitors come from? I would assume, obviously, uh, the vast majority of them, if not all of them, have experience with with horses before they come to you. But where do you get the 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 competitors from, and how does the team develop? Because uh, I think a lot of people, they're familiar with, again, say, football or basketball or baseball or hockey, and you come up through a system. So how do these athletes develop and eventually get to your level? Um, well, actually, a lot of our athletes come to us with very little experience with horses. Um, yeah, that's why we have you guys on. <laughs> you guys are truly educating us. Um, we, I mean, we always do get like when we get new students sometimes we get students that have been riding like natalie since they were really little and they know the horses they may just not know all of the ins and outs of the um showing aspect of it that's where i can help with that and the actual horsemanship that they need to know um but we also get riders who this is their first experience with horses. Um, they've borrowed a neighbor's horse or they got their first horse and they want to join the team. We're lucky enough in Chippewa Falls to have a good enough program that we actually have. Um, so it's sixth grade through 12th grade. So that does give us kind of that buffer time to, to extra time to work with students. Um, but they because we have so many kids, we're able to do like a JV team and a varsity team. So it's our varsity team that is made it to state and has the nine state champions behind them. But that JV team, then that's where we do most of our our training and put our newer riders in. We work from the basics up so that hopefully they can be like Natalie by the time they're seniors. 
And let's let's bring Natalie again into the conversation. And, and again, very much every bit of an athlete like anybody else. They, anyone that's ever hopped on top of a horse knows it's not an easy thing to do uh, for that. You know, Natalie, your, your coach mentioned, uh, you know, there's some athletes that have never been on a horse until they uh, have uh, joined you guys. But you had a little bit more experience. What got you into you know, being familiar with horses, if it's something that ran in the family, how'd you have that experience? Um, well, it was mostly my older sisters. They started off, um, my oldest sister, when she was in eighth grade, she was like, hey, I want to have horses. I want to start showing. And so she worked her butt off and we moved and we got all the horses and everything put together and we started showing. And I just kind of followed in their footsteps and I couldn't have done it without them because they're who really got me started. What overall draws you to this? You mentioned, obviously, having the family connection. But what draws you to this and makes you want to keep doing it? Because a family can be something that introduces you to something. But there's always got to be a little bit more of a hook to, to keep you wanting to do it and not move on to something else. It's it's just fun. It's um, All the people that I show with are super nice, super supportive. And we all support each other, our equestrian team. Um, all of our members are super nice to each other. We have, we have our own little friend group inside the equestrian team. Um, and that's what keeps me going is having that friendship and being able to teach others while I'm doing that. Cause now that I'm a senior and I've been showing for a while, I can help those uh, younger kids when the coaches are helping other people and I can just step in and I can help say, Hey, let's try this. And it helps them. And that's what really keeps me going. There's obviously, uh, uh, Something that's a little different about this and other than other uh, activities and sports that happen, uh, you know, you you really can't develop a relationship with a baseball bat. You know, granted, I I slept with mine growing up, uh, but you guys are dealing with another living, breathing animal in in horses. And Natalie, how cool is it? You know, regardless of whether you guys win competitions or anything like that, you get to be around horses which is pretty darn cool isn't it yeah it's honestly it's the best part and the worst part it's the best part to see that you can work together with this animal and you can put this thing together and you can make it look good and being there together um and winning it together is awesome but also they feed off of all of your nerves so every if you're nervous they're nervous and so you just have to keep yourself together. So it's very good emotional control that it teaches you um, so that you stay calm, your horse stays calm, and you can compete at the highest level you can. Let's be honest. Who, who's winning all these state titles? You guys the or horses. the horses? The horses, 100%. <laughs> it's all them. It's all them. Natalie, before, you know, we got a few minutes left here. So, you know, I have to ask, uh, you know, are you involved in any other activities? Uh, what other things do you like to do to pass the pass the time? I'm sure equestrian takes up a big chunk of it, but everybody's got to be well-rounded. Yeah, so um, I've been in 4-H since I was in first grade. So I show horses, pigs. I do photography all through 4-H. Um, in FFA, I compete on the horse judging team on the parliamentary procedure LDE team. Um, and so I do FFA, 4-H. In, I do choir and show choir, which is actually where I'm at right now. Um, and in the spring, I do track and field. Outstanding, and, and and you know you're still you're still young and all that, but do you have an idea of what you want to do uh, ten years from now? Um, 
I'm not sure about 10 years, uh, but next fall, I will be attending the Minnesota School of Horseshoeing to become a farrier, which uh, trims horses' feet and keeps the horses well-rounded and healthy. So I'll be hoping to be doing that. Andrew, I got to go back to you. What what you know, what keeps you coming back year after year to to coach this? As you said, you already you already do a lot of stuff as it is. So what makes you want to give up? And that's not that's sometimes a harsh word to say, but give up those late afternoons and those weekends to do this. The kids, I love I love my kids. I I enjoy every moment of that coaching aspect and helping them work with their horses. Um, I personally don't own any horses right now. Um, I sold mine a few years ago and this is a good horse fix for me. I get to work with horses and I get to see the kids succeed. And occasionally some of them will let me hop on their horse and then that's even a better day. (laughs) Before I let uh, the two of you go, uh, if somebody is, is, particularly in the school district in Chippewa Falls, and they're kind of wondering, maybe they've got a third, fourth grader in there, you know, a couple of years away. Uh, they have no experience with with horses, but they're not necessarily in bat and ball sports. So they're not drawn into soccer or football or baseball or anything like that. Give them the quick uh, elevator pitch to get them to uh, be interested in giving you guys a look in a couple of years. Well, I think if if they are horse crazy, you're born horse crazy. And if you've got a kid um, that likes horses as a parent, you might as well just cave because there's no way out of it. Um, I My dad always told me it was better to get me a horse than pay for all the psychiatry bills he thought I was going to get if he didn't get me one. Um, and then that relationship, like Natalie said, horses are the best and the worst part of the sport. But it is amazing when you can get a 1,200 pound animal to respect you and work with you, and you build that relationship and success and see your progress. It is it is an amazing thing. I think riding horses just teaches you to be a better human to everybody because you have to learn patience. And uh, Natalie, uh, I have to ask. Uh, of course, you're somebody that's very familiar with horses and a number of the of your teammates probably are, but how cool is it to to help introduce somebody who maybe hasn't been around horses as much as you were growing up? Uh, It feels good. I like kind of roping people in to this whole sort of showing aspect of the horses. It's just great. I I love seeing them grow um, with as people and as horse people and with their horses, them getting better, their horses getting better and, um, all in all, just getting better over, overall. Well, again, I was saying to have this conversation, and uh, we talk about uh, dominating programs and whatnot around the area. Do not sleep on the Chippewa Falls equestrian team, and if you've got somebody that lives up in that area or you yourself live in Chippewa Falls, definitely give it a, a look there. Nine straight uh, state titles, and they obviously have an outstanding program going on that is well beyond just winning uh, the awards that they are. Uh, Angie, Natalie, thank you very much for joining us tonight on the Chippewa Valley Sports Watch presented by Toyson Ford. And that'll do it for this edition of the Chippewa Valley Sports Watch presented by Toyson Ford. We're back with you the Monday after Thanksgiving, Monday, November 28th. 
with an all-new installment of the program. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody. 